thankfully, Florida State is not mad about us being here. How are we doing, everybody? This is Manny Jones back with the Furries and Football Podcast. Good to see everyone here. We hope you had a great Christmas. I am, of course, joined by my man Zeus Pegasus. Zeus, how was your Christmas? It was pretty relaxing, very festive. I my family to go watch uh, Drawn to Life as a Circus Lay show in town, and yeah, even got to see the new Wonka movie and thoroughly enjoyed it. So it was very fun. Ah, that's fun. That's fun. We've got a lot to get into the final top four college football preview. Deuce, we'll talk about what happened in UCF's bowl game. We'll talk weeks. I know you're dreading it already. We'll talk about week 16 in the NFL very quickly. We'll go to week 17 and talk about that. But first, we did have some news that uh, was all over the, the college football landscape uh, as we ended the show. And that was that... Florida State has sued the ACC. Uh, earlier this or last week, it sent a blistering lawsuit, according to Sports Business Journal, that could change the college landscape. Zeus, this is this is pretty big. Have you have you been looking into what's been going on with this case? It is it is massive. Oh, it is absolutely because. Florida State and the rest of the ACC schools are just trapped in this bubble of granite rights. So just to leave the conference, they have to pay an excess fee as well as forfeited lost revenue. It's like that sort of thing where um, when selling a dispute, you like determine potential funds lost and all that. It's that, but with me and money, and they're trying to avoid paying $500 million plus dollars to leave the ACC. It's nuts. It's it. I the thing. This is the thing, though. The thing is that, like, and some may say, you know, what about Texas and OU? They had to pay stuff too, as I think the Pac-12 schools did. But that's because their media rights deal is expiring. The ACC has a media rights deal with ESPN that goes through 2036. So they are already trying to break now. So let's let's get some definitions, of course. Club table. The grant of rights is a legal document that. Each member of the ACC signs that trans ownership of media rights from the school to the conference. And it means that the ACC, not any member school of the ACC, owns the rights to its broadcast of games. They signed this when Maryland went to the Big Ten under the idea that their grant of rights would be an insurance policy to prevent anyone leaving during the agreement. And that was the big thing. Now, let, now, Florida State made it clear in its lawsuit that it is that le- missing the college football playoff, despite Boo Corrigan, the chairman committee, is an ACC AD, was not the only reason. There's other stuff, too. I don't know if you heard about this, but they actually dropped in their lawsuit. And I was reading this before we went live uh, yeah. today. They were not happy over what the ACC was trying to do to compete against the other conferences realigned with Texas and OU going to the Big 12, to the SEC, the Big 12 changes, the PAC changes. They were, they said in their lawsuit, and I read this earlier. This is pretty cool. I, I did, this is pretty interesting. That I found very intriguing in their lawsuit. I'm trying to find the exact quote here. I have it pulled up. The additions of Cal, Sanford, and SMU were made over the strenuous objections of Florida State and other ACC member institutions. The ACC also tapped SMU, 
which has never been a member of a Power 5, soon to be Power 4 conference, uh, which I will say, that's a lie. SMU, early 80s SMU. Like, what are you talking about? They were top of one of the most powerful conferences back then. They have been a powerful conference. I don't know what that line was for. It's just recency bias talking. We of course. Of course, of course. Um, now, it, it's a big thing. Now, uh, what's happening here is that the ACC is trying to defend itself against this case. Now, it's unsure if the conference would split up. The ACC has 20 days to file a response which includes a possible motion to dismiss. And it's getting interesting. This could be, Zeus, the beginning of the end for the conference if ACs, if, if, if Florida State gets what it's looking for. Yeah, and I'm not sure if they can. Um, it just really depends on how much money and sway they can throw around because uh, renegotiating media deals is next to impossibility. Like, there's only so much money to go around, and now we're just talking to promise money. So. I don't know. Like the rich has already been paid for. The rich has gotten richer. So with Florida State here, um, making all this stink, they may end up independent. They honestly may go. They may try and go that route where they can sustain themselves for maybe about five years, and maybe the Big Ten, the Big Twelve, or the ACC come knocking. But yeah, this is ugly. This is a really it, bad look for the ACC, and it just it's just another stain on college sports these days. How it's just become very individualistic and no longer in the grand spirit of things. Yeah. And, and if anyone's wondering, well, what did Florida State want? Florida State wanted Oregon State, who, if you all don't know, Oregon State and Wazoo control the remnants of the Pac-12. They wanted Oregon State and, and, and Wazoo to be in the ACC. And they were not happy about that. Um, it's very interesting. In fact, someone I, in the article I read on ESPN, Zeus, they have been working on this argument since the summer. They have been working on this for a while. So, nonetheless, we will keep y'all posted on what happens. This is going to be a big story into the offseason on what happens next. Uh, Sounds like a coup to me, man. Dude, dude, yeah, I don't know what to say, man. I'll just say, we're, we, would, we were going to talk about the portal, uh, but but some big stuff, of course. Trevor Etienne going to Georgia. Tate Rodemaker, the backup quarterback for Florida State, is going to the portal as well. It's been a big stuff. Uh, it's going to keep on getting more and more intriguing. Zeus, I want to ask you, you know, we you talked about this a little bit before Christmas. Um, what happened during UCF's bowl game? Well, it that bowl game was the perfect amalgamation of the entire season where our high-end talent, mm -hmm. even as undersized as we are, really carried the first couple of drives. Like, we had tripped the plays, we came out firing, and then we started to shoot ourselves in the foot. How do we do that? Well, we're about to make a 21 nothing, and then we just fumble. RJ, fumbled, RJ Harvey with a very... Un, uh, untimely fumble. Mm -hmm. um, he rarely does that, so that leads to a field goal on their end, um, and we get a field goal back. And then at that point, um, their def their defense, their offensive coordinator was like, "Hey, UCF's run defense ranks bottom ten in the whole country. Maybe we should try tackling their um, going after that weakness." That's pretty much what they did, and it's just been nonstop, long, demoralizing drives. The UCF offense can't do anything. They just they get cute under plays. They they can't execute penalties. It's it, it's just a a team that once ha has adversities thrown their way, they just can't recover from. Mm -hmm. And um, because of the way this ended, um, it's very easy for the average UCF fan to be pessimistic about the future of the program. 
But I will remind people of this. UCF was the only member of the new four to make a bowl game. The rest performed terribly in conference. Mm -hmm. They missed out on a chance to go for a bowl game. So say what you want against UCF, but we had a pretty good season, and we have a top three recruiting class in conference coming in. So I think the future does look bright, but it does pain me to say that I do think Gus Malzahn's seat is starting to heat up because if we go six and six again or worse, uh-huh. um, there's going to be some serious questions, if not an outright firing of the coach. Because in, in a world like this, if you don't make the right moves soon enough, you're going to be left behind. In a world where NIL controls a lot of decisions mm-hmm. and players and history, um, I mean, we're telling ourselves the future of college football, so we have to act like it. So if Gus not putting use good recruits and getting them into place, and that starts with getting the right quarterback, which again we're still shopping for. This. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of concern, and um, I d- I just hope that by this uh, not by this month, but but by the time we get to camp next year and we get to see more of the recruiting class, we can get a better sense of where this. Yeah, yeah, I get you, man. I get you, man. And I will say this, you know, I I remember us talking a little bit about this. I can understand the seat being hot. It was y'all's first year at a Power 5 conference. I don't think anyone expected y'all to run away with a Big 12 chip. I mean, I will say this. You know, just looking just looking overall, I'm, I'm taking a look right now at your class on 24-7 Sports. Y'all had one of the better-ranked classes in the Big 12 as a conference. You guys got some good gets. Lots of lots of three-star gems that I like. Frankie Arthur, running back 5'10", 190. Qua Birdsong. I, I love that name. I... I I love that name, by the way. You guys got some <laughs> decent commits. I'm looking, you know, it's a solid class. Now, will that class hopefully get better and better and better as time goes on and you guys build the Power 5 pedigree? I'm, I'm sure it will. I can understand being upset, but I can also understand, hey, you've had some rough games this year. Um, come from behind losses, uh, games where you should have won and it just didn't oh, happen. And, but, you know, that kind of stuff does happen in football. Now, if it becomes an, it's, if it's an issue again in the following year, then definitely, definitely, I think you got to be on the hot seat. But I say, you know, you should Gus Malzahn should not be judged just on this one season because it is your first year in the Power Five conference. And well, it, that is true. It's just there's a lot of fans that are quoting, you know, his history at Auburn as well as history, you know, not really winning a championship in the American. Um, he got to the game. Yeah. But um, similar similar results where he had that game against Navy a couple years ago. We win that game, we would have hosted the championship game and probably win it again. Yeah. But we didn't, so we had to go back to Tulane and we just end up getting boat raced on the road. So yeah, uh, it, it, it's just that inset fear and doubt. And hopefully that if we do get uh, – what once we do get more talent, what are we going to do with it? Yeah. And right, right now um, uh, we've signed two offensive linemen, one defensive lineman. Um, and a couple linebackers. I mean, cool, but yeah, I was hoping for a bit more on that end because we, we need some dire help and or at least getting some more transfers. Um, since we have to win the trenches, we need to get better there um, so that we're able to compete and not get run over by every single school that wants to dare run the ball. On of course, so, of course. For now, it's cautious optimism because this, again, is a successful year, but how will this year and future year be a number? We'll, we, we'll have to see, but I'm just leaving that for next year. I already got my t- I already got my season tickets. I'm not complaining. Let's go.
Hey, hey, hey. I, I do like it. I do. I do like it. You do got some good guys in the portal, too. Reese Adkins, tight end trans from Eastern Kentucky. Lots of guys from Cincy and mm -hmm. Samford. So I think there's some good stuff on the horizon uh, for your guys. Let's let's hope for the best for UCF next season. One thing we'll go for college when we go right into the NFL. A little bit of a quick podcast today. The final top four preview. We have a big stuff right here. It is the college football playoffs on the horizon, ladies and gentlemen. We got, of course, just just just, just big, big stuff galore. I, I, I always like the playoffs. This is the last year of the 14 playoff before we go right into the two team. The, the two team. The 12 team. Uh, two team? Manny, get wait, get the coffee in your system. We got four got got four really good teams. You got Bama and Michigan, Texas and Washington. Zeus, who'd you like to see win this uh playoffs, man? Who do I see winning? Who do you like who'd you like to see? Who do you oh, see? Definitely winning? Definitely Washington. <laughs> the Pac-12 needs to step up and just make a statement that, yeah. hey, it was a mistake to solve our conference. Uh, screw everyone uh, <laughs> who who contributed to the fall of the Pac-12, so we're just going to win it all. And I'm not sure if the Huskies has won a title before. I'm gonna mm. check. I, I do not have. believe so, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I, I, should, I should know myself because I used to do – I used to do Road to Glorious and NCAA Football 13 with Washington – all the time. Uh, well, you... they've never won it officially. They've only claimed two titles in yeah. 1960 and 1991. But those count. They they do yeah. They and you have you have three unclaimed nowadays. Of course, we're going back to the era when people would regularly claim a national title. Uh, so, and we could do that again. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, Bama and Michigan, Texas, Washington. I'm the same boat as you, man. I like to see Washington do it. Uh, I would. The thing is, though, is just. It's still, the lines are one and a half Michigan. I think that's going to be great. A Texas and Washington. We'll see how Texas came up with the high-powered Washington offense, or it could be vice versa. Um, but I like this. I, I'm, I'm, you and I, I'm pulling for Washington too, buddy. Uh, the big thing, though, now Florida State's got Georgia. Now, the odds are against the Seminoles this week, Zeus. Yeah, they have so many people missing. They, they've been, now, dare I say, if, they have 19 people that are that from their team that's not starting either do opt outs or enter into the transfer portal. Do you think that if they somehow beat Georgia, which I looking at it right now on the matchup on paper, it's not that good. They should claim a natty like your UCF Knights did back in 2017. Should they do that? Should they do that? Hundred yes. <laughs> percent. Yes. Let me do it again for the audience. Sure. They should because they dealt with so much crap in the final sea of people. And it's just an injustice that they're not in it. Yeah. Look at the, look at the line right now. Minus nineteen. <laughs> like they're expecting this game to be the worst of the power of power the New York Six Bowl game. Oh. Um, and if if they come out there and Georgia gets spanked by a depleted Florida State team, then yes, that shows the depth you have, and that shows you've been robbed at a rightful title, mm -hmm. a rightful chance to claim the Natty. So, and obviously for that to happen. Yeah, Bama would have to win out and win the Natty. So it'd be right back in a situation where UCF claimed it, and they rightfully should because I fully, I still fully believe mm -hmm. that 2017 team could have beat anybody that year. They were just that motivated and perfectly built. I I agree. I agree. I love that. Team. I Zeus. I love that 2017 team. Man. I love that team. It was beautiful. I I dude. <laughs> I loved it. I was going for you. I was going for your voice. And then the next year too, I was still going for your voice, man. So. That's the thing right there. We'll see what happens, but it's nothing good for the Seminoles as they take on 
uh, Georgia in the Capital One Orange Bowl. It's going to be a fun New Year's Eve, fun time for some college, college football. Well, we'll talk more next week. Let's talk about the NFL. Um, oh, my goodness. Craziest week ever, bud. Okay. Go so on, Manny. I want to preface by saying I was live streaming when this happened. I am streaming my Eastern Michigan Dynasty when this all goes down. Because I'm like, eh, it's, I'm not going to watch. I'm, I'm that pessimistic, Zeus. All of a sudden, I have e I have an ESPN tab pulled up. I pull it up, and I go, wait, he threw a what pass? This game <laughs> was not what anyone was expecting. It's in your first half of the Steelers. 85-yard touchdown pass? Mason Rudolph to George Pickens? What? what? And then the next play, the very next drive. Intercepted by, oh, look, Patrick Peterson actually decided to look like Patrick Peterson. Wonderful. Next drive. Next drive. Calvin Austin on an end around that has a great block by Jalen Warren. Yes. Then another pick. And then <laughs> more, more points. It's 24-0 at the half. I was nothing. at that half. Pittsburgh is scoring points. And so I'm, I'm sitting there like on stream, like what's happening here? And, you know, I'll tell you this, you know, Mason Rudolph, Mason Rudolph, everyone in the Steeler fan base should apologize to Mason Rudolph right now. I think I, I, don't, I don't remember this news, but I, I think I read this on the last podcast. Steeler fan base hated him. They hated Mason Rudolph. They were, they, if, if you even had the suggestion that he was going to compete for a starting job in the 2021 season, you would have been laughed at. Like 2022, you would have been laughed at because they were, pe people in the fan base were so mad on the very idea of Mason Rudolph. As the starting QB, everyone needs to apologize to Mason Rudolph right now. Because Mason didn't just stop in the second, qu in the second quarter. Throws up a shot to George Pickens. 66 yards. It's a 34-11 game. The Bengals got ran over by a reindeer. His name was Mason Rudolph. He wears number two. His nose was so bright. He guided the Steelers to the victory. He may have had a great present when he was a kid, and that was getting a treehouse when he was 12. But the Pittsburgh Steelers won the game. What the fuck happened with this team? They, you tell you tell me. I don't know. That's a thing I don't know. Is that more of a Steeler showing up? Is I the standard think, the standard, or is Browning finally their, his magical run coming to an end? Could be that. It's a mixture. I think of a lot of it. I think it's you know it, it's you know it's you no know, his five hundred streaks on the line. You know he's got to do it. But then I think also it's just Mason Rudolph was just chucking it up. Like, like let's not forget Mason Rudolph was the last quarterback to work with like under Big Ben Roethlisberger. And Big Ben was known for just, hey, fuck it, I'm going to chuck it up there. AB's open somewhere, you know what I mean? A lot of those yeet. times, it, it was just yeet, just yeet. And he was yeeting that thing. And it's just like, dude, this is what the team needs. Where was this all fucking season? Now, 
the uh, yeah. Who the funniest. That? I mean, it's the quarterback ability, right? Dude. Well, and it's like I don't. I I know Kenny's the supposed to be the long term guy, but dude, the fan base is in love again with Mason Rudolph, and it's <laughs> it's so funny. Like you can't ha- go back to Mitch Trubisky. Why they even no. signed Mister Kissed Teddy's happy anniversary to that tweet? By the way, today was the day that Kenny Pickett, not Kenny Pickett, Mason, Mitch Trubisky. Well, he loves to kiss titties. Can't blame him. Can't fault him. But get out of this Pittsburgh. Kenny, I don't know. It's going to be, I think, a good debate. Like, do you go with Kenny Pickett, who is clutch, but he can't play a, a full game, has not looked great? Or Mason Rudolph, who, you know, he had, he has, he's had his good games. And I think they should go with Mason for next week's game. They need to do it because... Pittsburgh, technically, of course, of course they are. They're still in a playoff spot. They still got a chance. And you got Seattle next week. You got the Ravens to end the year. I say you ride that hot hand. You go with Mason Rudolph. And I say that it's looking good. Hopefully you enjoy getting ran over by a reindeer again for next Christmas, uh, Bengals. Zeus? Yes. Those Dolphins survived a close win and beat the Cowboys. How about that? <laughs> I told you this was a must win. This you did? Or, I did. I did. I said I was either going to be miserable or just outright elated for the win. And the Dolphins showed that they're not just a flashy team. They're not a team that's just going to run up the score on you and outrun you. No, they can be physical as well. And I'm glad that a lot of commentators and people around the league have noticed that because this Dolphins team, uh, they're starting to peak. Like, even throughout all the injuries they've had, they've had the depth, they dug deep, and are believing in the system. So what a game. What a, what a, what a game to show up at home and really stick it to the Cowboys and a very overrated Cowboys team that has, has had their own issues on the road, but... That's still a talented team we beat. I'm not going to take oh, yeah. anything away from the Cowboys. Yeah. The Cowboys are great. They're top five defense. Um, they absolutely are brutal. They can run the score up on you. CeeDee Lamb's a monster, and I was deathly afraid. He's that once beast. He started going off in the first, yeah. When it's, once he started going off in the first half, like I thought, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> Ben's uh, banjo, please do something. And then they put Ramsey on him. They doubled him for two quarters, and he was just a non-factor. That's what I love to see from the coaching staff. A complete 180 from the disastrous Titans game where once, um, I forget. Um, Go on. Whoever their, the, their star wide receiver in, in Tennessee, um, once he just got off, it was just, it was baffling. Yeah. He could not adjust. But I have to give the MVP of this whole game to Jason, the Sandman Sanders, oh, all yeah. the way from the University of Florida. Jace Sanders. Five field goals. Five field goals, three over 50 yards. And he just kept and, and that's what you need. Like you need you need a solid kicker for the playoffs because the defenses are going to tighten up. You're not going to get touchdowns all the time. You can't depend on that. So you have to get points where you can and eventually wear out this defense. And that's exactly what the Dolphins did because that final drive executed by Tua. And everybody on offense was surgically beautiful. The third and three to Tyree Kill to convert it. Amazing. Great call by uh, McDaniel. Um, Jeff Wilson just running downhill, knocking over people, making up to a banged up uh, Mostert and A-Champ. Just, mm-hmm. this, is, this is what you want to see. This is the mark of a championship team. If you can 
overcome your shortcomings and be well-balanced across the board, you have a shot to win any game in front of you. So this is a huge mood, boost, mood booster. And we'll, 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 I'll talk about the Ravens game in a bit. Yeah. For now, I, I'm just beyond elated that they got this win. We're in the playoffs. We're in. Our <laughs> You're in. Clinched it. We're You're in. in. No what? Uh, one thing I did love. Okay, can I, I, I've been talking a lot about Mike McDaniel. Uh, the fact that the how much I love Mike McDaniel. Mike McDaniel. <laughs> did you hear about this, Zeus? Did you? What about so? What about, oh, about predicting? No, 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 no. They brought they, you know they they brought, they brought the throwbacks. Love you guys' throwback. I love that uni. I love that throwback. Every should be permanent. <laughs> I I love it. Dan Marino was there, and he was quoted as saying, um. Cubs are really effing good players. Holy shit, look at those effing studs. Yeah, Dan Marino, fuck your records, Dan. We're coming for your records, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my I, God. I love that confidence and that swagger. That's what Dude, you need. He's a f- football guy. I love I love Mike McDaniel. I can't get up with your coach. I will just lo- I will just salivate over, oh, what did Mike McDaniel do this time? Uh, let's go into... The other big games of the week, um, rough, rough day, though, on Christmas Day for the Niners. I don't think this is a like they're getting exposed, dare I say. I just think the Ravens played a really darn good defensive game. Brock Purdy yep. threw four picks. Lamar did what he had to do to get the win. And, I mean, it wasn't really a blowout blowout. I mean, but you know what I mean? Like, it, I, I wouldn't say it was a blowout. They were in control for the most way through, but I mean, they were still battling. McCaffrey had a hundred yards, so. Well, the game was over halfway through the third quarter when it went up thirty-three to twelve. Oh yeah, so. like over, but blowout. I wouldn't call. I I don't like. It's just like yes, they were up 33-12. Yes, they're in control, but that's not blowout. If you're above like four scores, that were I would say is my definition of a blowout. Dare I say? That's fair. So, uh, go on, go on. Just say this about Purdy. Um, sure. All the talks about MVP need to stop right the fuck now. Stop it. Ooh. Purdy was never an elite quarterback. He's just a guy in the system. And I hate using that narrative, but is it, this is proven. Every time he gets tested, he flounders. He can't recover from a bad situation. Yeah. Unlike, you know, Atua or Lamar or Patrick Mahomes or other name, like other eight other really good quarterbacks in the league, and Purdy's not one of them. I'm sorry. He's... Like, yeah, yeah. He's he's basically the Joe Flacco of the day, <laughs> even though Joe Flacco right now is amazing. But beast. Back in back in the heyday, yeah, Purdy and Joe Flacco are probably very similar. Average QBs that will do enough and make less mistakes, but goodness, um, you, you just can't rely on them to win games. So I I, I agree with you that they're not exposed. Like they should yeah. be the favorites to be the one seed. Yeah, and then go on a run, but. It's not a lock. Like everyone was saying, the 49ers are locked for Super Bowl, and I'm like, not so fast. Yeah, I think the Lions, the Eagles, and maybe the Cowboys with the second chance of revenge could go into San Fran and be more physical than them and knock them out. So, just um, it was a humbling game for that team, and we will see how they respond. We will see, indeed. Uh, you mentioned, of course, Lions. Lions hang on to beat the Vikings, already 24, their first division title in 30 years. One of my house, so one of my housemates is a big Lions fan. He was nine years old when the Lions yeah. last won a division title. So big, big. How happy was he? <laughs> elated. They, that fan base 
needed that. Uh, we'll see who they face in the playoffs, but he was. Uh, it's uh, they should still enjoy this. I mean, that's their first division title in such a long time, so they deserve to enjoy that. Uh, other stuff. I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff go happen this week. Uh, the mm-hmm. Bills, Buffalo. How about the Bills? A they escaped. Uh, upset from the Chargers. They won 24 22. 22. Uh, are you afraid of the Bills, though? Honestly, no. Still? Um, I think the Bills are just way too inconsistent to be really a threat. Yeah. Like when when they're on, they're on. Absolutely. But uh, you get you get them frustrated and start piling on mistakes. Josh Allen's prone to overcompensate. And you can see, like, he almost cost them the game again. So they are extremely lucky to leave LA. With a W in a game that they frankly didn't deserve. It the turnover differential was three to nothing. And the Bills are so yapping because they're feeling like, oh man, Ravens are gonna smoke the fins next week and then we're gonna take the tell from you. I'm like, dude, take your Bill Belichick first. You got bigger issues on your <laughs> plate. Ah. Pump the brakes, man. You have no right to be this pompous when you when you won a game you should have lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and you almost lost that to begin with. So uh other stuff, the Browns. It looked it looked good. Joe Flacco looking great as the Browns win. 36-22. Amari Cooper sets the franchise record with 265 receiving yards. Big, big win. Bucks destroyed the Jaguars. I want to point this out real quick about Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield in the month of December. 1,010 passing yards. 10 touchdowns, one pick. He is 4-0. Bucks look on fire. The big thing. They do. The big thing that happened. The Kansas City Chiefs losing 20 to 14 to a team that did not complete a pass after the first quarter in the Raiders. The defense looked great. <laughs> that whole game. <laughs> Dude, I watched a lot of that game. You you know, people were saying that, like, I mean, Mahomes is not having a bad year by his like some people are like by his standards, man. Like, no, nah, he's not having a bad year. The receiving core around them, they just cannot get open. He has Kelsey, and Kelsey got into a big thing, too. He threw his helmet on the sidelines, got into a big uh, discussion with head coach Andy Reid. It was just not a good day for Chiefs Kingdom. No, no, and I think the overreactions are growing louder. Um, And I'll just throw my overreaction right now. The Chiefs? You're winning in the playoffs. I'm calling right now. You're going to lose at home oh? to either a scrappy Bills team, a scrappy Colts team, or a scrappy Browns team. Like, one of them is going to knock you off at home. You're done. This, you cannot rely on your defense this whole time. I don't want to hear the narrative from Nick Wright that, oh, a good defense always carry you. No, not all the time. They'll get tired over time. And when you let a backup quarterback destroy you, um, well, not really destroy, but... Just do enough to not make mistakes, and you commit some of the most dumbest mistakes. Like you're you're performing a trick play inside your own fifteen. What are you doing? That I, I just want to point out mess. again that like Aiden O'Connell, who has played, he played, he's had his good games in the NFL. Rookie Aiden O'Connell, he didn't even complete a pass after the first quarter. Like the fact that you couldn't beat a team that didn't do that is shocking if if i know that they cannot throw the football and they are one-dimensional offense how do you not get a win um it's just absolutely insane i can't believe it it's insane yeah Uh, like they have not locked up the division yet 
a win would have locked up the division, but they just couldn't do it. And when we get to the playoff picture discussion, oh boy, there's a lot to go over. There right is. Now about that. Uh, why don't you talk about that real quick? Uh, what's going on? I mean, now with the Chiefs' loss, I mean, who could be in the? Who could be? Who's what the chances look like right now for the playoffs? All right, so we're gonna start with the gauntlet that is the AFC. Go for it. So right now, your one seat's the Baltimore Ravens, and they are absolutely cooking. Um, they're fighting with Miami for that one seed because if they do win next week, they will clinch the one seed. Miami will clinch a top two seed with a win next week as well. So both teams in great position. Both teams already in the playoffs, and those are the only two teams that have clinched after 16 weeks this season. Then we already talked about the the hap- I won't say hapless, but the yeah. struggling, the struggling Chiefs. Um, whose best shot is just to basically be um, a a two seed, but the only way they can do that is if Miami drops both games. So that's really the only shot to going up any higher and having two games at home. But I highly doubt that. Um, so the Chiefs, they're out of contention with the one seed. Yeah. So they will have to go on the road at some point in the playoffs. The Jaguars even with their terrible month of football, are still division leaders, still in control of their own destiny. And I don't know, man. Like, they they have a must-win of most must-win games against the Panthers next week. Oh, for sure. They got to win. Like, got it. If they lose their fifth in a row, they can't beat the Panthers. They're done. Goodness. Dude, dude. Agreed, agreed, agreed. Like, they... Trevor Lawrence, why, why are you still playing him? He's hurt. He's clearly hurt. And I get it's toughing it out, but let rest your guy against the Panthers. Like rest your guy, man. It's the Panthers. Just if you can't win without Trevor Lawrence against the Panthers, you're not a playoff team. They should have rested him weeks ago. Yeah, like, he shouldn't have played that game against the Browns. Like he should have just chilled. Like maybe rested for two weeks and come back in that must-win game against the Buccaneers. Like why didn't you, Doug Peterson? Like you're a great head coach, but you're just making some really, really dumb decisions lately. It can cost you. So your your fans are not gonna let this go. Like you had a promising season, you had a chance to be a top three seed, and now you're very much begging to have a shot to dance. And maybe, maybe you'll get a, a shot against the 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 Browns, the Bills, or the Colts, or the Texans. Who knows? But it is not looking good for Duval. Nah. So they, I I don't think they can clinch next week. Let me double mm-hmm. check. Um, Jaguars. Where are they? Um. Yeah, they can't clinch next week. They basically have to. They have to. They have to win out. <laughs> yeah, that that that. They've been rough since that Steelers win. Yep. The Browns, though, they will clinch with a victory next week mm-hmm. against a Jets team. But can't they scout them? The Jets are playing feisty already. So yeah, they... that defense will keep them in games. Zeus. That that defense will keep them in games, man. Yeah, they're 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 finally rising up. Too little, too late. But the Browns. Um, they're still there's Browns, man. They could still be the one seed. Good. And I'll tell I'll tell you why. Like if if Miami wins and then they lose next week and then Baltimore drops their last two games, the Browns win out, they will be the one seed. It's crazy to think that Joe yeah. could lead a team to the one seed. Um, if things play out, but we will see about that. The Bills, of course. Um, I think they can clinch this week if they win. And the Colts, the Texans, the Steelers, and the Bengals all lose. Mm. Quite <laughs> so a scenario. Yep, pretty loaded, but they can definitely clinch. 
Um, but they can still be knocked out of the playoffs, even with a 10 and 7 record. Um, two wins absolutely gets them in no matter what. Um, because at that point they would be well, they wouldn't be division winners unless Miami drops both games. Again, that's them. The Colts. Um, they're hanging on by a thread. Uh, but they have a 54% chance of making the playoffs, and oh. their schedule looks kind of favorable, I think. They got the Ra- Ooh, mm. mm-hmm. oh, that's the Raiders. Oh no. And the they Raiders? have two home games though, but it's the Raiders and Texans, so Ooh. it's a brutal road for the Colts to punch their ticket into the playoffs. Really? That's 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 rough. That is yep. rough. Texans have a similar road. Uh the Texans. Man, they've fallen pretty good. Um uh, yeah, without uh, C.J. Stroud. No, they've fallen pretty good. But they're hanging on, and they have the yeah the Titans and the Colts. Just a lot of divisional games. I don't know who's going to win this AFC South. It's going to shuffle around between these three teams back and forth. Oh, it then, will. Of course, yep. Then the Steelers, the Bengals, and the Raiders are, and the Broncos still alive. But the Broncos are like they'll be eliminated, I believe, if um everyone but the Raiders win above them, basically. Yeah, and so. the rate the, the the Broncos are also benching Russell Wilson, uh. So the Russell Wilson let's ride era is ending in Denver, uh. Sad. So yeah, Jared Siddham will start against the for the Broncos next week. But that's a look at the AFC playoff picture. Shaller shelling it, uh. Real quick, what does the NFC look like, though, buddy? Uh, the NFC. So it's a bit more concrete because there's only uh three more playoff spots up for grabs. Mm-hmm. Um, the Lions. Clinch a playoff spot because they just won the AMC North. So we talk about them. Yep, They're currently yep, yep. The, the, th- the three seed. Um, the Eagles are barely above them because they have a better strength of victory. They beat more good teams than them. And then the 49ers, even with their loss, still um, still are above them because of their conference record. And I don't think they will be caught up. So the only way for the Eagles or Lions to jump them if, is if the 49ers drop a game at the Commanders or at home against the Rams. I would not be surprised if the Rams come in and beat them, but that's basically their only shot for the 49ers to lose their one seed. Um, Eagles and Lions are pretty set on. Um, the Lions are probably hoping for an Eagles team to lose against Danny Derps. We're not Danny Derps, the, the Giants. Um, <laughs> who are they? Feeling? It's the Giants and the Cardinals. So very mm. unlikely, but it is certainly possible. Um, Tampa Bay. Um, in a basically division clinching scenario, they win against the Saints. That's it. They are division champs. They will be in the playoffs, and the Saints will be out. Um, Cowboys are locked in at they're locked in as the fifth seed, um, mm-hmm. barring an Eagles collapse. Because I do think if the Cowboys um, win out and the Eagles lose a game uh, because of conference record, they would jump the Eagles. Uh, Rams and Seahawks are currently your current wildcard teams at the 6th and 7th slot. Um, the Seahawks getting a much-needed game win against the Titans, but talk about playoff implications. They're facing the Steelers, and we're going to talk about the game very soon. Yes. So that is a, a monumental game. Um, and they have the Cardinals to close off the season. The Vikings um, right there, but they're in dire straits. Uh, they got the Packers and Lions. They have to win out and hope the Rams or Seahawks lose a game to jump them. But 
see if that happens. Falcons, their only way they're going to get in is with division, but they have to have Tampa Bay collapse for that to happen. And then we have Green Bay, New Orleans, and Chicago still barely alive. Chicago will be out if the Saints, Packers, Falcons, Vikings win next week. So it's um, it's it's more to find the NFC, but it, it's going to come down to the last week, man. Like, I have not seen parity this close in a while. Yeah, it's gonna be a great finish uh, for the rest of the uh, for the rest of the season. I mean, this has been a great NFL season. The NFC has been very, very enjoyable uh, to watch, and uh, we'll see what happens uh, for the both these two conferences going into Week 17. Only two we have the NFL season: Steelers and the Seahawks. Uh, I'm hoping they keep with Mason Rudolph. I haven't heard anything of the sort for this matchup, Zeus. Um, with the, 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 the Seahawks, I think they're still decent. They're a good team. Geno Smith plays played well, played decent last week as the Tennessee Titans beat the Tennessee Titans last week. Please keep Mason Rudolph as a starter just for just for right now. If Kenny's your long-term guy, it's fine. Just look, Mason's hot. He is he is hot like that little bit of spice glue vine you get on Christmas Eve on New Year's Eve. So I mean, you keep him going. I say. Three and a half line. It's a game Pittsburgh can win. Those Zeus, your your Dolphins are taking on those 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 Ravens. Those yeah, Ravens, right number one in everyone's power rankings, much deserved because they just beat the Juggernaut in their house last week. But people forget, Tua right now is two and zero against um, Lamar and the, and the Ravens. Um, and they had that epic comeback last year um, to really break the hearts of Ravens fans. Um, in week two, so I don't know. Like the line right now is three and a half. Um, I, I I won't call this a must win, but uh, it would certainly help. Yeah, if they can just it, it will make the last week of the season much less stressful by winning now. Yeah, and not letting the Bills sniff a division title. So oh, for sure, this is this is game of the week. Um, I think it's it's going to be another nail biter, and I do hope that the the Dolphins. Uh, observe what went wrong for the 49ers so that they're not repeating their mistakes as they go on the road. And let me check the weather in Baltimore, but I think it's not going to be that nasty. The game uh, is still on for uh, 1 o'clock, so it's not going to be super cold. Nah, ESPN is telling me that it's going to be 51 degrees with times of clouds and sun and a 10% chance of rain of so any beautiful sort. Beautiful weather. Beautiful weather, wind's not too bad, so should be a good game. Uh, should be a good game for the, the Fins. Yep. Other games we got on the horizon this week. Lions and the Cowboys. Love seeing those two duke it at. Lions and the Cowboys. Great game as always. Browns trying to sneak their way to the ones that they got those feisty Jets that are still fighting. Joe fucking Collins' former team should be a fun, fun matchup. <clears throat> Bucks and the Saints. The Bucks, I think, have the division under wraps, and the Saints have looked very inconsistent this year. Uh, Bucks, I think, got this. Baker is just streaking. Not, 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 with the, not with any clothes on. Not with no clothes on. We'll put that out. But he's streaking right now this season. You also got a good, good, good game. Bengals and Chiefs. I think that'll be pretty darn nice with the high line. What, 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 what do you see? That looks pretty good, Zeus. Um, did we mention the Packers and Vikings? No, we did not. Yeah, it's pretty pivotal. Like, it's likely that those teams will not make the playoffs, but I'm pretty sure loser is going to be basically eliminated. So, it's good to see these games. A lot of these 
having so many implications. There's only like one garbage game that I really see on here. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's probably where was it? Gotta find the garbage game, eh? Yeah, I thought I had it. I mean, I guess Falcons Bears, but even then, it's still playoff implications on the line. Yeah, the, Falcons last gasp. That, and I know the Bears are looking at the Panthers Jags game. If Panthers take the L here, they means the Bears get the number one pick as part of the DJ Moore trade. So, some stuff to look out for: draft positioning for next draft and more. Yeah, and I don't know what the Patriots are going to do because oh, yeah, um, that's right. The fi- the fan base are is pretty pissed that they now dropped. I think the fourth or fifth spot in the draft order, and if they win again and they sweep the Bills, oh my goodness, it's going to be Lord. a mixed bag. Like, granted, I'd be happy as heck because even if the Finns lose, a Bills loss does equate to a division title. Um, but I'm not counting on that. We have to take care of business. I want to be the reason that we claim the title, not depending on other people. That's the attitude the team has to have. But of course, uh, we'll see what happens. Things could get interesting for the hoodie over mm-hmm. in Foxborough, Massachusetts. Let's talk about our picks from last week. Um, This is surprising, honestly. Zeus got all three of his picks right. Jacksonville against Tampa. Lions and Vikings, Cowboys and Dolphins. He picked the Spins to win. Lions win Bucks to win. He improved to 23 and 24. Uh, I... Are you sure I got the third game right? Because I'm pretty sure I picked the Niners to win uh, that game. You giving it to no, me? You said to, you said to not cover. Oh, okay. So that means I did. I guess I do win. Okay. Um, Seattle. Okay. We both go 3-0. We did it. We both go 3-0. I picked the Seahawks with the Titans, the Bears over the Cardinals, and I picked the Niners to not cover against the Ravens. So... Uh, that means that we have both gone 3-0. and We have done it. I improved to the record of 19-24-3. Uh, this record is going to get even crazier and crazier. So, yeah. so still a chance that you could squeak above 500, and hopefully I can get there. But You'll get there, I think. I, what you got this I week, gotta, buddy? I got to be smart about this. Got to. You got to. What you got? What you got? Well, I can't. Like I said, honoring. Can't pick the Ravens game. That's right. Although, if I were, I'd still pick Miami to cover that, but can't. <laughs> I will not disrespect the Dirty Birds again. But, oh, man, Patriots-Bills. Ooh. Minus 12 is a very huge line. And I don't know, man. The Bills, I'm I'm going to disrespect them because I think the Patriots, yeah, they're trying to lose, but at the same time, they're at home. Uh, that's a huge line, man. Oh, yeah. So, I know the Bills are pissed, but the Bills are pro- are pulling to play down their competition. And yeah, they're at home, but they always play them tough. Twelve is way too much for any AFC East game involving those two. That's a huge disrespect to the hoodie. They're going to keep it close and are going to give the Bills some palpitation as Miami likely goes on. Well, not likely, but hopefully goes on and beats the Ravens next week. So yeah, give me the Pats. Ooh, I I, some pride. I dig it. I dig it. I dig it. I will keep. On, I've been loving a lot. I've been salvaging over a lot of big matches in the NFC South. Uh, I'm going to Tampa and the Saints. Uh, Baker Mayfield, as you mentioned, he is hot during the month of December. He has been balling as he should. He's been playing great, and I think that his great month of December will finish with a big win over the Saints as he leads Tampa to a win over the Saints. 
I think they 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 can cover that that spread of three of three. They did beat the Saints twenty six to nine last time, and I think it's gonna be a similar game. Uh, but I mean, how about I shout the Baker Mayfield? He dude's been playing like a beast. What you got next, Zeus? Oh man, uh, I'm I'm tempted with that Panthers Jaguars line because the Jaguars are in pure desperation mode. The Panthers are clearly tanking. But the Panthers put up a big fight against a bad Packers defense last week. But unfortunately, I just can't trust Trevor Lawrence in the game. Like, they're reeling. Um, even against the worst team in the NFL. Like, I mm-hmm. I feel like that's the game they're going to squeak out instead of winning comfortably by seven. Okay. Oh, Tough God. pick here, buddy. Tough pick here, buddy. But yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dish out more disrespect. Oh? I'm disrespecting the Chiefs right now. <laughs> okay. By seven at home. And I know the Bengals got blown the heck up, but the Bengals have some pride to them. And honestly, um, I think they can keep it a low-scoring game against the Chiefs. Um, I think the Chiefs will ultimately win because um, they typically bounce back um, against mm-hmm. games like that. But, man, they're just dysfunctional right now, the Chiefs. They, I don't know what's going on with them. The Bengals, um, even though Browning's probably been figured out by now. Yeah. Um, I mean, they still got a run game. They still got a decent defense, so they can certainly put pressure on the Chiefs. And I think they're playing for their playoff lives, so why not give the road team some love here? So I'm favoring two road underdogs this week. So uh, give the Patriots, give the Bengals. I like it. I think the Chiefs are hitting that roadblock that every team hit. They win multiple titles. They're just hitting that roadblock pretty good right now. Uh, for my next pick, I am going... There's a lot to look over in this week. A lot of big high line because, of course, there's a lot of blowouts. You know, lots of teams matching up. Um, I don't like the Cowboys right now. I know I said that their defense is pretty darn good. You know what? Uh, my housemate's going to love this. I'm picking the Lions over the Cowboys. I just think that the Lions... I know a lot of hype is on the Lions right now. You know, I know a lot is on the Lions right now. But I'll tell you this right now. I think the Cowboys will keep it close, you know, that they, they, as they do. But, with you know, with how Dallas has been the past couple of years, do we really trust Dallas? They have the talent. It's their coaching that I think is the issue in Jerry World. So I think it will be a Lions win. Oh, so not even a cover. Right. You're going straight. Ooh, dude, e- look. Even- Look, man. Even with the Cowboys being undefeated at home, you're like, I don't care. <laughs> Look, I, I know they've been unbeaten at home, but, like, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you this right now. The, like, it's very different this year. We've seen teams that look that are good, but they have like, those bad games. Lions have gotten toughened up. Cowboys have it too. They're unbeaten at home, yes. But they're not say. I like what Detroit's bringing. Dallas is going to have a lot of pressure on yep. their on their play. Like they, I believe they have to win to get the division, right? Right? Um. Yeah, uh, they have to. They have to win out and hope the Eagles slip up once, and Ex- they'll take the. There you the go. Division. Lions have no pressure. I think Dallas has all the pressure to win that division. They're in the playoffs totally, but yes, they they want to get the division title. So I think it's a big game. I think Detroit will catch Dallas napping. What's your final pick, buddy? Oh, the final pick. Oh, the hardest yet. It's always. But hard. I'm gonna. Let's see. I do think I'm going to take advantage of a team bouncing back, and that's going to be the 49ers. Mm. Uh, three, well, two road underdogs, one road favorite. They're favored by 13 points. Um, 
after that embarrassing performance against a team that as hapless and just terrible as the commanders are, like they they're just gonna run the, they're gonna pound the rock. Brock Purdy is gonna go back to his game manager mode. He can win these games. Like they should blow out and just reassert themselves. Um, uh, because if they if they if they don't win by more than two touchdowns here on the road, I'm gonna have serious questions about the 49ers going into the playoffs. I, I know it's crazy, but you you gotta show some mental toughness, man. Like if you just took a big beating by the Ravens. You gotta flex and show that you're still the top dog to be in the NFC, and you have to do it by blowing out a very bad community. So, this is more about respect this time. Two disrespectful picks, one respectful pick. Let's go, 49ers. Uh, complete my road warrior um, picks this week. Interesting, interesting. So, my last pick, I'll go to the Mile High City. It's no longer time to ride as Russell Wilson has been benched. They're going to try and get out of a deal with his contract that will cost them a lot of cap money, but they're starting Jared Stidham, former Patriots back up against the Chargers. Chargers are just looking really rough. Even with the backup quarterback, I still say Broncos country. Let's ride. Oh. It's a small line, and I think it's going to be an ugly game. Jared Stidham has not done too much in the NFL, Zeus, but I think it's going to be decent enough to where. He's gonna do just enough to get him, get him wins. I think everywhere else he's, that he's gonna that the other team around could help him get wins. Stidham's not looked too bad a couple games. He started a couple for the Vegas Raiders, only lost both of them, but wasn't too bad. wasn't too, wasn't too bad. So let's see what happens uh, with the Broncos. I book the Broncos to do one more ride this season. Yeah, I think it's a solid pick. Um... I think we have a pretty good shot as things wrap up that we can go 3-0 again. So Let's good see. luck on your picks. Let's and... see, man. Yeah, wow. Let's so, see. Any final thoughts, buddy? It's our last episode of 2023, so I know it's too early to really give our end of first season podcast because we're going to be going pretty much until Super Bowl, really. But, yeah, you know, I'm very, very thankful to uh, be on this journey with you. Um, and... Yeah, man. Um, twenty twenty three was great for me. I hope it's been great for you. And looking forward to what twenty twenty four is going to bring. So, I will catch you in the new year, Manny. Of course. Thank you so much. It's been a great twenty twenty three. Uh, the podcast has been very fun. The streaming on the Twitch has been very fun. So, thank you so much just for even having out with me, man. I appreciate that. Once again, this has been the first football podcast with my man, Just Pegasus. You can find us, of course, furriesandfootball.podbean.com. and you can find us wherever you get your podcast right now. So we are on, as it's right now, Podbean, iHeartMedia, and Player FM. Till next time, we hope you stay nice and cozy. Happy New Year! We are out of here.